clap of praise. We thank you, Lord God. We bless you today. Let's thank the worship team. We bless you. We thank you guys for putting... How many of you know the ground is prepared and God wants to put a seed in it? And some of you have had the ground already prepared and there's been many seeds that are put in there and they're watered now today. And some of you have had them watered and they're beginning to sprout and it's coming up and, and, and it's getting ready to break through the soil. Some of you have already had it to where not only the seed was put in the ground and, and, and it began to grow and break through the soil, but now it's coming up and it's beginning to form a head and, and you're looking at it and it's almost time for harvest. Somebody say it's almost time for harvest. And in order for us to harvest, we're going to really have to get to a place of some practical healing today. So thank you so very much. We appreciate you, Cooper. Um, turn to somebody next to you and say, get ready, because we've got a word for you today. You know, we, we talk a little bit about the prophetic words and how things can come forth, and they can encourage you. They strengthen you. They give you wisdom. Um, they, 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 they help you along your way. They can give you direction, confirmation. Are you with me? And as you walk into some things, how many of you know God wants you to be able to walk in a place of healing? I've been talking a little bit last week about healing. Everybody say healing. We were talking about practical ways of healing. There's times where we people can lay hands on people. The Bible says if you lay hands on the sick, they will be healed. How many of you know sometimes you've got to let us know that you want prayer so we can come and pray for you? Um, we just, we don't mind read. We don't mind read here. Well, although we are a prophetic church, it's not mind reading. Amen. It's, it's hearing from the Lord and then being able to do that. We don't do the mind read thing. People are like, well, you should have known I was hurting. I didn't know you were hurting until you tell me you're hurting. Hello? So we, we want to be able to look at some practical healing. Last week, we jumped into practical healing. One of the ways within that practical healing that we talked about was forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. So I want to tell you, just want to go through real quick, because how many of you know we define ourselves by sometimes of our past, of our sins, of our transgressions and iniquities that we've walked through in the past? How many of you know sometimes we even define ourselves from the traumas that we go through? You know, and, and sometimes, and it's hard not to because the world will want to put a label on you. Oh, you were the one that did this, or you were the one that did that, or you were the one that went through this, or, oh, you came from the, the tornado or the hurricane or, or those situations, the earthquake. You went through this earthquake. We remind ourselves, but God wants to, to be able to bring healing in our life and cleansing in our life and that so he can begin to make himself bigger in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think God's getting bigger in you. I think God is getting bigger in you. He's growing bigger in you. And, and I want us to just look at a couple of things real quick. The, the scripture that first came to mind, I don't have it up there. So, Tanya, don't look for it because she was like, wait a minute, he doesn't have that. It's James 5, 16. It says, if we, therefore, if we confess our sins to one another and we pray for one another that we can be healed. Are you with me? Because the effective prayer of a righteous man, and that's mankind, men and women, not just men only, mankind, the righteous prayer of, of man, uh, it, it accomplishes much. It's, it really makes a difference. A lot of times people are like, well, why do we pray? 
Because a lot of times our ideas and our thoughts are, well, if this is the way God wants it, then why do we pray? If God is up there controlling everything, then what is even the reason to pray? You know, because, you know, first of all, I believe that God has given you dominion. He's given you authority. And he may be, what do you, what do you, how did you say it? We were talking about it the other day, that God wasn't controlling everything that he was in charge. He's in charge of everything, but how many of you know he gives you the opportunity to walk through and some control some things in your life, to have dominion in your life? So when we talk about that we may be healed, we, we, prayer brings healing, and we talked about forgiveness, and I had a testimony last or this past week about the testimony of the Shrednator. We had you guys write down on a three-by-five paper about not only who you were going to forgive, but also putting yourself on there and forgiving yourself of some things. I had a testimony this week of, about somebody that had done that and had, 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 had the relationship with their parent was broken. And guess what? They made a phone call to their parent and all of a sudden the relationship is now being restored. Can I get an amen for that? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Come on, y'all. Am I in the right church? I might be 60, but I can still preach up a storm. Come on now. It's like you don't act like you're 60. I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you feel that way because, because I don't, and sometimes my physical body tells me I'm 60. My mind says, jump off the back of that truck. And my, 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 my physical body says, ah, don't do that. Eh, don't be doing that. <laughs> or I'm on the, I'm on the roof and the wind is blowing. And, and, and you know, my physical body is like, uh, I don't think we're not real steady here. And my mind begins to take over. And then I have some younger people help me out. Can I get an amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about, about healing through listening to God. And a lot of today we were talked about was hearing the voice of God, was being able to hear the voice of God. When you hear the voice of God, you can begin to have healing in your life. There's, there's some practical ways. And when we hear God, how many of you know there's obedience? Obedience makes a difference. You can make some sacrifices in your life, but the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. So when we hear the voice of God and he says to do certain things, we need to be able to do that. So we talked a little bit about healing through forgiveness. Mark 11.25. I think I actually gave you some scripture. I had Matthew on that last week. I thank you for your grace on that. It says, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Colossians 3.13 says, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you do also, or you should do also. So we know that God has forgiven us. And I shared about the perfect example was Jesus on the cross. He had every reason to be, to be upset, mad. He had every reason to hold something against everybody that had hurt him, spit on him, you know, driven nails into his feet and his hands, put the crown of thorns, made fun of him. How many of you know there's times where you have every reason to be mad at somebody that makes fun of you? But you don't get to do that. Amen. You can rise above that and you can be better than that. Ephesians 4.32, let me give you this scripture real quick. 
It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God Christ has also forgiven you. So there's times where if I want to hold it against somebody, I need to look back and go, man, God has forgiven me. There's some, I don't know, anybody been forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ? Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It's like, yes, he's forgiven me. How many of you know he's not forgiven you just once? Oh, come on. He's not forgiven you twice. He's forgiven you and forgiven you and continues to forgive you. And he forgives us. So I want to look at number two. Let me give you number two. There's a place that I want to get to here in the next few minutes. And we're going to get there. Um, how can healing take place when you hear from God? I believe that number two, that, 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 that through wholeness, everybody say wholeness. Through wholeness, healing can take place through wholeness. When God, when we allow God to, to, to bring wholeness in our life. How many of you know God wants you to have the fullness of Him in there? In your life. Everything that's within us in our spirit is there. When we're able to allow that fullness, that wholeness to come forth. That's what salvation is. Salvation is not just giving your life to Christ and being saved. Get your ticket punched. Go to heaven. Salvation is wholeness. It's soundness. It's the ministry of Jesus. Jesus not only came to be able to bring us um, salvation and to spend eternity in, with God, but he also wants us to be whole. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to have uh, strength in your physical body. Are you with me? He wants you to have reasoning. He wants you to be able to be led by the spirit of the living. Ready for this? That Jesus is always with you. God is always with you. He's always with you. Say, he's always with us. He's always with us. And let me give you some scriptures that will back that up. Matthew 28, 20. And, and it's a scripture that when the, when he, when the disciples were, when, were with Jesus and Jesus was leaving to go to be with the Father. He had, he had taught them. In Matthew 28, he was with the disciples. And he says he was teaching to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, remember. Say that with me. Remember. Remember, I am with you always. And he said, even to the end of the age. And that was, that's a whole other teaching on the end of the age. So he was with us always. He's always with us. Yeah, I love the, the Passion Translation. I've been getting into that more and more. Hebrews 13.5. Let me read to you what the Passion Translation says in Hebrews 13.5. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. You always have God's presence. For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone. I love the Passion Translation. And it says never. I'm not going to leave you alone. Never, never going to leave you alone. And I will not loosen my grip on your life. Oh, come on. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. He's not just going to let us go, oop, Eric, you messed up today, so you're gone, baby. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I mean, he, his grip on our life, he was holding on to you. You may not be holding on to him, but he's holding on to you. He's holding on to you. His love, there's, they, we know about the scriptures of love. See, what he's talking about in, in Hebrews 13, 5, was actually a scripture that was in Deuteronomy. 
And in Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So some people are like, where's God? He's with you. He's not forsaking you. God, where are you at on this? And, and I, I'll even mess up your theology that a lot of us have been taught that, that when Jesus turned away that the Father left him. The Father never left him. The Father never left him. He never forsake Jesus. And Jesus sees what the Father does and he does what the Father wants. So Jesus is never going to leave you nor forsake you. So when we're, when, we're, when we're asking and learning and growing in our journey, that when hurts and pains come in our life, God wants to bring you wholeness. He wants to bring you a fullness. And one of the things that you have to understand is that he will not leave you. He will always be with you. So the Father wants to bring fullness or wholeness through healing. Amen? Number three, real quick, is one of the things that you, you're going to receive practical healing. You're going, to have, you're going to understand that you receive a new name. How many of you ever looked at the Bible and, and actually read about the new names that you receive in, in Revelations in chapter 2? It talks about not only that, that you get a, a new name, a white stone with a new name on it. But how many of you know we've been labeled by some people in this world uh, a, a terrible name. You know what I mean? Oh, you were just this person. I remember you. Remember we, we saw the video last week of, uh, of Jim Marshall that ran the wrong way. He ran the wrong way. And here was a guy that had, 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 was an Ironman in football and 270-some games. Didn't miss a single game. Played defensive end. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. And one of the reasons is because all he's remembered by was he ran the wrong way. He ran the wrong way, and somebody said, well, he scored a touchdown for the other team. It turns out to be a safety, but that's what he's known for. And, and how many of you know sometimes we have names put on us? We have names that are put on us like old names of failure. Anybody had a name of failure try to be on you? How about rejection? I mean, that can be a name that sometimes we, we are rejected when we're younger or we're rejected when you're older. You can be 60 and still get rejected. Come on. But that, that there is a name of failure or there's a name of rejection or there's a name of abandonment. And sometimes we can be abandoned. It's like somebody abandoned me. Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You don't have to worry about me abandoning you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. And I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be for you, not against you. Come on. Somebody needs to give the Lord Almighty praise today in this house. Anybody ever been labeled with the, uh, the, the name ugly? Yeah, you're ugly. You are just flat ugly. I mean, come on. I mean, what a name to be walking through your entire life. You ever felt like you had the name inadequate, that you were inadequate, you didn't live up, you didn't make the standards, you didn't win the prize, you didn't, you didn't get the ring. Oops, my daughter-in-law's calling me. We're at church. <laughs> 
I mean, you, you, we can be inadequate. Do you know what I mean? Come on. Let's be real. There's times where I've just felt so inadequate. There's times where I get up here to preach and I feel inadequate. There's times when I was set in as a pastor here, I felt inadequate. There's times where we're trying to deal with situations in all of your lives. I feel inadequate. There's times where that we have those names of inadequate or inadequacy. How about abused? How about abused? Well, that can just be a condition that we've, we've gone through. That can be a name that you've been abused, that you can carry throughout your whole life. How about a victim? How about tagging that name on you? It's like, well, you know, I went through something and you, you were a victim. God wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. We'll get there. Isaiah 62, 2 and 4. Let me just read this to you. It says, the nation shall see, shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name. New name. I love it. The mouth of the Lord will, that will give you a new name. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. A crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you really are beautiful. You really are. You are beautiful. See, and sometimes we, don't, we never hear that. Why don't we hear it? Because we're not hearing the word of the Lord. Because the word of the Lord is that you are beautiful. You are amazing. You are fantastic. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The word of the Lord, no matter how you feel and what you've gone through and what other name that you've had that people have called you by. I used to be called Ink the Stink. Ink the Stink. Are you serious? Yeah. I asked my dad one time, you know, and, and all my brothers and sisters know, hey, Ink, hey, Ink, Ink. My dad would call me Inky. Hey, Inky, go get that. Go, Inky, go get this. Inky, go, would you, would you mow the lawn today, Inky? Would you, you know what I mean? I was like, Dad, why did I get, how did I get this name? He said, well, when you were little, you poo-pooed your diapers. And we're like, oh, that's just Ink the Stink. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen. I can go with my family right now and somebody could say, did you know his name was Ink? And they're like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Ink the Stink. <laughs> How would you like that name on your whole life? And I know he didn't mean anything by it. There was no harm there. And you know what? It's the truth. I did stink. You know what I mean? How many? All of you did. Y'all had poopy diapers. Come on now. We all had that. We've all had to deal with that. So there was a name that was hung on me. And others didn't know it. But sometimes you hang a name on somebody else. And, and it, that name has got to be beautiful. That name needs to be awesome. Come on. That name needs to be amazing. That name needs to be what God would call you. It goes on. He says, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord. And a royal diadem in the hand of God. You shall no more be termed forsaken. God bless you. You shall no more be termed forsaken. And the land, should God bless you, and your land shall be no more called the termed desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and, and your land shall be married. And it's like when you read Revelations chapter 2, and he talks about, uh, I'm being able to, to have this white stone with a new name on it. I'm here to tell you, I don't want to wait to heaven to get my new name. That's great when I get my new name, but I want to have my new name now. I want to be able to operate in my new name now. I want to be able to receive that new name because I believe God's given new names to everybody. 
I believe he's given them out. I believe he's given them out. He's given them out, given them out, given out. You no longer are ink the stink. Come on. You are now my child. You are now the beautiful. You are now amazing. You are now, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we all know that sometimes the, the, the best and the greatest example that we see in the Bible in the new, about a new name is Jacob. Jacob was the name. You know what his name was? His name was Deceiver. How would you like every time somebody calls the name Jacob? Anybody Jacobs in here? Any Jacobs out there? Well, we're going to give you a new name, Jacob. The name was a deceiver. So every time you say, Jacob, come for dinner, it's like, Deceiver, come for dinner. Come on, are you with me? Deceiver, come for dinner. Deceiver, come for dinner. Jacob, come for dinner. Jacob, come for dinner. And we know that. And that was, you can see that in Genesis 32. See, it was a new name, but yet there was something that took place when, and when we see where that new name, and that new name was being established, and he wrestled with an angel. Some say wrestled with God. He, he wrestled with God and, and, and it was like, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. And, and, and he touched his hip and he put it out of socket and he limped in his entire life with that. But his name was changed. Anybody know what his name was changed to? Israel. His name was Israel. Israel. Israel? Yes. Israel. That Israel. He was Israel. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. See, new names. Listen, new names can bring you out of captivity. There are some people that I know that I've talked to them and they'll use their middle name. Why? Because maybe they didn't like their first name. Are you with me? Their, uh, what's it called? Um, whatever. Surname. That's the last name, isn't it? So it's, it, they may use their middle name. It's like, why do you go by your middle name? Why do you go by your middle name? You know, your, your, your name is, is William, but your first name is Eric, or, and you go by William, or, you know, because sometimes when you look at that, there is a new name, and new names can begin to bring us out of captivities. How many of you know new name can establish a new place? Can establish a new place. When you go to a new place, maybe you need to be, have a new name. I go back to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I came from, and people would only know me of what I was and who I was back then. Are you with me? And, and then that's not my new name. Come on. And somebody would call me Eric, and the name Eric, and I, I love my name, and I have to re remind myself because I grew up not liking my name. Do you know why? I didn't know what it meant. My, my name, Eric, means honorable ruler. Honorable ruler. And I, I, I met a guy, in his, and this was years ago. I met him, and his name was Eric. And I said, hey, do you know what your name means? And he was like, no. I said, it means honorable ruler. Do you know that I, when I, I shared that with him, it changed his countenance. It, he began to look different. In fact, I saw him like five years later, and guess what he came up to me? And guess what's the only thing he remembered? I remember you. Your name is Eric. And he said, I'll never forget. You said I'm an honorable ruler. And I told him every time somebody called his name and he heard that name, that they were calling him an honorable ruler. And he remembered that. Come on. We, God wants to, to bring us in and bring healing and just give us a new name. 
Number four, real quick, is maintaining a new identity. If we're going to bring healing, physical healing, through hearing the Lord, how many of you know He's going to give you a new identity? Not only is he going to give you a new name, but he's going to give you a new identity. I need you guys to be in the spirit to be able to hear this because when, when, when there is a new identity, we've got to, number one, receive that. You've got to receive that new identity. See, some of you it may have been in a job for a long time, did something for a long time. I know somebody that was a, a dentist for a long time. And they're no longer a dentist and they had to find this new identity. Because they were always, hey doctor, hey doctor. They can still be called a doctor, but now you're with me. They were a dentist and that's what they did. And sometimes what we do, we get value from that. And, 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 and it's not about an identity of what you do. What you do is great, but what's more, it's more important is that who you belong to and what your new identity is. And when you come to Jesus Christ... And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the old has passed away and the new has come today. And I'm here to tell you that you can't operate in that old. We got to continue to operate in that new. And I got to remember my new identity. I got to remember who I am. I got to look at my new identity. I'll give you some scriptures real quick in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Remember when Jesus was being baptized. When he was being baptized, the voice out of heaven, how many of you know, came forth and gave Jesus a new identity. And when that voice came forth, he said, this is my son. This is my son, the beloved in whom I am well pleased. And I've got to continue to remind myself that the father identified the son before Jesus did any miracles. See, we think, oh yeah, well that was the son. He was amazing. He did miracles. No, he identified him. His new identity was the son. It wasn't just Jesus, the Messiah, but it was the son of the father. Oh, come on, somebody. It's a new identity. Somebody say new identity. We got we to gotta hear our identity, maintain our new identity. Romans 8, 16 says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Somebody say children of God. We're children of God. Galatians six fifteen. it says circumcision. They were having the issue of circumcision. He said it doesn't mean anything. The only thing that really matters is living a transformed power in this wonderful new creation. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on. The old, if the old is supposed to go away, then let the old go away. And if new is going to come, then let's walk in the new. I don't know about you, but we travel. We travel a lot, and we're going back and forth. And, and Shelly says, you know, we need to use the restroom, or let's stop by this place. We, I won't stop by an old place. If there's a new gas station and an old gas station, I'm going to the new. Hello? There may be some reasons for that, but I'm going to the new. Are you with me? I'm, I'm going to go to the new. Let me give you this one. Um, so we're maintaining our new identity. Second Corinthians. I was going to have you write this down. It says this. You guys can look it up a little bit later. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he's become an entirely new creation. Do we have anybody that's been enfolded into Christ in here today? <laughs> Jerry's back there going, yes, I have been many years ago. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh. 
Everything is new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. God's not keeping record of your wrong. How do you know that, Pastor? It's in the word of God. He's not keeping record. Angela Cooper, I don't know which one of you guys are going to come play, but I'm going to have you come play if you would. He says, not keeping records of their transgressions. And he entrusted us to the ministry of opening doors for reconciliation. Opening doors. You know what? Not only has God saved you, not only has he set us free, come on, not only has he delivered us, we want him to deliver us, but he's saying, here's this ministry of reconciliation. He's going to open the doors for others that you know to be reconciled. Reconciled how? Reconciled to Christ Jesus. How? Reconciled by his blood. Reconciled by the atonement. Reconciled by his death, burial, uh, a death on the cross, and his burial, and his resurrection. Reconciled by his blood that was shed. There had to be a shedding of blood. For the remission of sins. And he did it once. And he did it for all. Come on. He's not coming back to shed his blood back again. Come on. He's not going to shed his blood back. It's been done. It's Elfinite. It's finished. Say it's finished. So when I start looking at this, I start thinking about the reconciliation. The ministry of opening doors of reconciliation. And it goes on and he says, we are ambassadors of the anointed one. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's, let's do this. Say, I'm an ambassador. Come on, say it like you're an ambassador. I'm an ambassador of God. You know what, you know what an ambassador is? Uh, real quick before we go. In, in, in the Ivory Coast, the, the United States has a... Here comes, here comes Bubba. The United States has an ambassador in the Ivory Coast. They have, an, they have not only an ambassador to the Ivory Coast, but they have an embassy. Everybody say embassy. Okay. Everybody say embassy. So we are driving along, and we are going to dinner one night, and we've got a caravan, a couple of cars, and we're driving along. And she, how many of you know Pastor Shelley loves to take pictures? She is one picture-taking woman. That girl can take some pictures. So she pulls up her camera and starts taking pictures. Well, all of a sudden we know is that the two cars in the caravan are pulled over. And there's the police. They went to the first car. They got Jim Lassiter out, our missionary that, that we helped sponsor out of his car, and came back. They were reaching through the car to get her camera. They were, she was taking pictures of our the United States embassy and they were going to take her they were going to take her camera and she was like no please don't take my camera I mean they weren't going to just pull out the film they were taking the camera it was going to be confiscated and Jim and cuz he speaks French and he came in and he was like you know he started speaking French he was started telling them look it's in it's a it's a card it's a it, it's digital yeah we can take that out you can have that we can we can do all that because she's thinking she's got all sorts of pictures on there. She took pictures of the United States Embassy, and they didn't want her to. They were protecting that United States Embassy against any kind of terrorism. Do what? 
Oh, yeah, they had it in French. You know, don't take pictures, but uh, we didn't read French, so she, she, she took the pictures. But praise God, they gave her camera back. They did take her, her what is it called, digital card. Okay, he raced it for them. So they did all that. But how many of you know if you're in a foreign country and you get in trouble and you're an American, you can go to the embassy? You become an ambassador of the kingdom of God. How many of you know Jesus said, I'm going to leave you in the world. I'm not taking you out of the world. But I'm leaving you in the world. You know when you're in the world, you know what you are? You're an ambassador. When you go to work, you're an ambassador. Oh, come on, somebody. You're ambassador for God when you go to fill up your gas tank. Come on. You're ambassador for God when you're at the grocery store. You're an ambassador for God when you're, when you're at the restaurant. You're an ambassador for God everywhere you go. I'm not saying that I'm calling you this. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. How's the world going to get the message of Christ? through you through you because you're an ambassador say I'm an ambassador it goes on and it says God was tenderly pleading with them and directly directly through their lips Romans 8 Romans 8 1 says there's now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus no condemnation we're not going to condemn you God's not going to condemn you are you with me but the enemy will condemn you and you'll deal with thoughts of condemnation. Say this after me. Say, I am loved. Come on, everybody. Say, I am loved. I am loved. Do you know what? You're forgiven. Turn to somebody and say, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. We got to remind ourselves of a new identity. Say this after me. Say, I am. Come on. I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. I am a child of the God. And I believe and I receive my identity. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. I'm joint heirs with Jesus. I'm righteous because he's righteous. I'm holy because he's holy. Come on. Say, I'm redeemed. I'm reconciled. I'm a new creation. And I am forgiven in Jesus' name. Come on. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap today. I am forgiven in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I am forgiven in Jesus' name. See, that's why it's important for you to know who you are. You want true healing to come? Then you're going to have to understand your identity and who you are. You're not just some dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and the new has come. You've got to begin to walk in that new identity. It's hard to walk in that new identity. 
I might even know it's hard to get up in the morning and fight all of those thoughts of what you did and when you did it and how you did it and the situations that you've gone through and all the situations that have hurt and brought you pain and you got to get up and rise up above that pain. You got to rise up above that hurt. You're not going to be able to do it if you think you belong down here. But if you say, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, then I'm going to begin to rise up and take my seat next to the, to the Father as Jesus is seated next to the Father and you can overcome the situations that you're up against. You're going to have to change your identity. You're going to have to change your mind. You're going to have to repent and think different about yourself and about others. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. I want all the children of God to stand up, please. You're a child of God today and and if you're not, just receive Jesus into your heart right now. Just say, Lord, come into my heart right now. Forgive me of my sins. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in the Lord uh, and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. So when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how many of you know I'm not ink the stink? In fact, I'm, praise God, I got my wife. Sometimes I hold her close and she says, ooh, you smell good. And how many of you know I go, ah, devil, you're a liar. You keep trying to tell me I'm ink the stink, but I'm not ink the stink. I'm the 60-year-old, her 60-year-old husband, come on, that smells good and she loves me. But no matter what age you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter the situations and the circumstance, I want you to know that you've got a God that loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you so amazing. He thinks you're beautiful. He thinks you're, guys, he thinks we're handsome. Come on. He thinks we're studs, man. I mean, God, my daddy thinks I'm a stud. I'm a, I'm a stud. Are you with me? He thinks of you and and he loves you and he thinks you're amazing he said you are fearfully and wonderfully you're wonderfully made you are wonderful I guess there's a TV show that calls this guy Mr. Wonderful but actually every time I see you guys you're Mr. Wonderful Amen. God sees you and there's Mr. Wonderful and there's Mrs. Wonderful Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful and Ms. Wonderful and we're all wonderful but we've got to have that new identity close your eyes just a moment I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus? Let me ask you today, do you not know Jesus? If some situation happened in your life and you, you, you ended up going home, maybe you ended up dying, and you said, God, I don't know where I'm going to be today. You don't have peace on where you are. Anybody here today that just doesn't have peace but would like to have peace, I thank you. Thank you. Anybody? Anybody? Because we can do this by making, thank you for making a decision. We do this by making a decision to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But Jesus is the one that makes us righteous. He's the one that brings perfection, which is maturity. And God wants you to grow in maturity right now. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else want to give their life to Christ today? Anybody else that's not done this? Maybe you said it years ago and you weren't really sure about it and you weren't really sure about what it meant. Anybody else? No matter how old you are or how young you are, you can make a decision to follow Christ today. I thank you for that one hand that's following Christ. Every eye closed, please. Every head bowed. I just want you to say this with me. Just say, Father God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings. 
I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that not only he died and he rose again, but he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I believe in him as my king. I believe in him for my salvation. And he is my Lord. And I thank you, Father, for receiving me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I don't know. These guys are ganging up over here. I'm not sure if they're... I'm just I'm like, what did I do? If I, I've been too long. I, got, I, I, I went too long today. We just want you guys to know that we love you and that God loves you. Don't quit. Don't give up. No matter where you're at and what you're going through, God has a way. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Thank you so much. We bless you. We send you forth today. Go forth in his power and his might. In Jesus' name. God bless you.